Stand Firm Ministries, Biblical Truth, taught by Dr. Shane Perez. Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. The title of today's message is Pledge Your Allegiance. In Acts 17, I'm going to read, and I'll have the verses up, up here on the, on the screen, but I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. There's a lot of different translations. I don't use that translation a lot. But I'm going to use it this morning. Acts 17, verses 1 through 7. In verse, uh, starting in verse 1. Paul and Silas then traveled through the towns of Amphipolis and Apollonia and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service. And for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the scriptures to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who listened were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with many other God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the house of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out to the crowd. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead, and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are here disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king. Named Jesus. What we just read there and what we see is that Paul and Silas were out preaching. They were saying Jesus is a Messiah. Some people didn't receive it well. Some people became very jealous and they became angry and they started a riot and got a mob. Then they rushed to Jason's house looking for Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were not there, but Jason and other believers were, so they dragged them out to the crowd. And they accused them of not having allegiance to Caesar, but having allegiance to another king, Jesus. What exactly is allegiance? Allegiance is loyalty of the obligation of loyalty as to a nation a sovereign, or a cause. Allegiance usually refers to a loyalty that is considered extremely important, such as to a country or to a leader. Allegiance, in my view, would be a very strong commitment. What are you committed to? There are many things that you can have allegiance to, and we have reference throughout Scripture of people having allegiance to different things. In 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 9, we see um, this, that 
they abandoned the Lord their God who brought their ancestors out of Egypt. They gave their allegiance to other gods and worshipped them. In 2 Kings 25, 11, we see, uh, we pick up the rest of the people who remained in the city, the defectors who had declared their allegiance to the king of Babylon. Some people give their allegiance to other gods. Some people uh, give their allegiance to even certain people or certain leaders or certain kings. And we also see in Revelation Chapter 13, verse 3, one of the heads of the beast appeared to be mortally wounded. But the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. The question this morning is, where is your allegiance? We have people pledging their allegiance to different things. They're giving their commitment to different things. What is your allegiance to? And a lot of times you can tell by, by what do you spend your most time either doing or thinking about? What do you consider the most important thing in your life? What are you committed to? It can be jobs, it can be families. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing as well. Many of us have gone through times in our life where we're committed to certain sins. What are you committed to? What are you willing and what do you give your allegiance to? Well, above all else, we need to pledge our allegiance to God. We need to have an all-out commitment to Jesus Christ. And if you do, your life is going to show it. Your life is going to demonstrate it. By your actions, by your attitude. That's one thing they were looking for Paul and Silas. But they brought out Jason and other believers and they all accused them of the same thing. Having allegiance not to the king, not to Caesar, but to Jesus Christ. Where is your allegiance at? Does it show in your life? Some it's like if you were to be put on trial, that's what they were trying to do there is really trying to put these people on trial before a crowd. They brought them before a crowd and made accusations for them and they, they wanted the crowd to find them guilty. If you got put before a crowd, would there be enough evidence to find you guilty of having allegiance to Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of us will say, well, I'm at church this morning. Not everybody else is. But that's got to count for something. But places you go not, doesn't necessarily reveal your allegiance. You've got to take everything as a whole. You go to church now, it's pretty... It's pretty convenient. Um, you're not in fear of being arrested. You're not in fear of being persecuted. You're not in fear of losing your job or being shunned by society. So it's a pretty easy thing to do. And a lot of us, you know what? We go to church so we feel better about ourselves. 
if you were raised in a Christian household, um, sort of taught to go to church. So as an adult, if you don't go to church, how do you feel about yourself? I know if I miss church, a lot of times if I, if I can help it, sometimes I can't help it, but if I can help it, then I usually feel, feel a little bad. And then when I do go to church, it's like, well, I feel good about myself. But that has, can have very little do with where our allegiance lies. Take church out of the equation. Would there be enough evidence of finding you guilty of serving the God of Jesus Christ? I think there's going to be a time in our country, maybe very soon, where, where things are going to be a lot different. We see some of this in other countries now where Christians are being persecuted. And yes, there is evidence mounted against them and people are trying to prove that they are Christians and if they are found guilty, they are being punished for that. I'm going to show you a video. I used to listen to this singer when I was a, a teenager. And he came up with this song. It's called Pledge Allegiance to the Lamb. And it's funny because it's sort of supposed to take place in the future. Now, it's an older video. It's a song you may or may not heard of, heard it before. But I want you to, to watch it and pay attention. Listen to the words and understand the concept and, and uh, what they're trying to get across in the song. But it takes place like in the future. At a time when maybe Americans are persecuting Christians. And I remember when I first saw that, of course, they, they try to make it a little futuristic. You would think, that will never happen in America. That would never happen here. People won't lose their jobs because they're a Christian. People won't be fired for having Bibles on their desk when they're teaching in school or, or uh, won't be allowed to wear a cross necklace at their workplace. There's no way America's going to be a country where every cross that's on public land they're going to try to take down. Where uh, anything deemed Christian is offensive. So you can't talk about anything offensive and any Bible verses or so forth that's up uh, can be found to be offensive. The Christian flag can't be flown because it's offensive. Surely that would never happen here in our country. Surely we don't see any of that taking place. This video is pretty old. I think it's maybe back in the, maybe the late 80s or, or 90s. Um, those decades sort of mixed up together. But it's amazing how far we have come. So what's this video? And, and let it speak to you. Dad, has it always been this way? Well, even from the beginning, men hated Jesus. Even though he did nothing but love them and teach them and heal them, they nailed him to a cross. They thought they had killed him, but they only set him free to live in the hearts of people like you and me who believe in him. Then came the apostles, and most of them were killed for telling other people about Jesus. But by that time, it was too late. There were hundreds of people 
who believed in Jesus. So they tortured them and killed them and they even left their bodies to rot as an example to other people. But the church kept right on growing, watered by the blood of these precious saints. What, Dad? Did they want to die? No. They didn't want to die. I mean, many of them had children just like you that they had to leave behind. But they were forced to make a choice. I mean, they could choose to live this one life here on earth and reject Jesus and be damned. Or they could choose to believe in the words of Jesus and live forever. I think I understand. Here, maybe this will help you understand. I have heard how Christians long ago were brought before a tyrant's throne. They were told that he would spare their lives if they would renounce the name of Christ. A great angelic wise I can almost hear their voices ring. Now our time has come to count the cost, to reject this world, to embrace the cross, and one by one let us live our lives for the one who died, to give us life to the trumpet sounds on the final day let us proudly stand and boldly say
wasn't always this way. I mean, my dad could even pray in school. Of course, they took that away from him. And then it became incorrect for us to believe in the Bible. And after that, they just stripped our right to worship away from us. And we, we quietly stood by. But son, I hope that you're never put in a position that you have to choose between your faith and your life. But if you are, I know which choice you're going to make. Because I know that Jesus lives inside of you. In the meantime, just pray like I taught you how to. And take care of your mom. Remember that God is the Father of the fatherless. hand if you've ever seen that video before. Well, is it the first time? I've seen it many times, and I, I don't know, it, it still gets me. It still hits me. Maybe a little bit more now than even it did then, because I feel like we're so close, so close to something like that in our own country. And what we need is we need Christians, not just to be Christians in name only, not just to call themselves Christians, not to even just act like Christians when it's easy. But we need Christians that are committed, that pledge their allegiance, that give their complete loyalty to Jesus Christ and everything regardless of the consequences. I'm so guilty of it, and you probably are too, but we're just so compromised Christians. We want one foot in the world and we'll put one foot in church and we'll just do whatever um, sounds good to us. Whatever's convenient for us. If we have time for the things of God, we might do it. But only if we have time. Most of the other time, the majority of the time is spent on us 
and pursuing our best interests and, and what we want, or maybe even just what the world tells us that we should want, and we go in this direction and we just get enough of God to make us feel good about ourselves. I don't think persecution is necessarily a bad thing. Because what's going to happen, and I believe we're starting to see this even in our, in our public schools or so forth, is there's going to be a clear line. And you're either going to be on that side or that side. I feel now, we feel like there's, even though it's not this way, we feel like there's a big gray area, and that's where all our, most of us as Christians, that's where we want to be. Well, we'll watch some of the stuff and, that the world watches, uh, uh, because it's fun and entertaining and it's not as bad as some other stuff or we're not as bad as that other Christian down the road. And, and we justify not giving our complete allegiance to Jesus Christ. But there's going to be a time, and we're getting closer to closer, where there is going to be absolutely no gray area. And you will choose all on one side or all on the other. And I know if you're like me, a lot of us think, well, when the time comes, of course I'm going to stand up for Jesus Christ. When the shooter walks in the building and asks, um, all the Christians stand up, and anybody who doesn't believe in God stays seated, and everybody stands up, I'm going to shoot you. We all will say, yeah, I'll stand up, and I'll get shot, and I'll die for Jesus Christ. We think that in our mind. But in reality, when the situation comes, what you don't understand is if you're not faithful to God in the little things, you're not going to be faithful in the big things. You're not going to take a stand. And I think many of us today, we're not taking a stand on a lot of things. Although we feel like we are, or we'll just have excuses for it. Well, that's not my responsibility. Well, that's not my area. Well, that's the, that's the preacher's job, or that's that other person's job. That's not my job. I don't have anything to do with that. I can't control that. So we just are quiet. We use that as an excuse to not do what God wants us to do. We need to be readers of God's Word, and it's amazing. You're reading, reading through the New Testament, reading about Paul and Silas, and reading about the disciples or so forth. It's amazing. They didn't sit around and not do anything. They didn't worry about offending people. In fact, they went out, and they were offending people all the time. That's one reason why uh, they were... Uh, got a, a riot and a mob at Jason's house because Paul and Silas were in there stirring up trouble. They were letting everybody know Jesus is the Messiah. Romans didn't like it. The Jews didn't like it. Paul and Silas didn't care. They were telling everybody anyway. And they rubbed people the wrong way, some of them. Some of them came to faith. The other ones sort of resented them and uh, got angry and jealous and went after them. And you see that pattern throughout Scripture. Christians being bold, taking a stand, everybody knows where their allegiance is lying. Where is your allegiance? Most of us think of a, the phrase pledge of allegiance or pledge our allegiance, probably think of a flag. Most of it, especially when we were in school, said the Pledge of Allegiance to the American flag. And you were pledging to a flag, 
You were pledging for what that flag stood for. The Christian flag represents Christianity. One thing cool about the Christian flag is it's a non-denominational flag. Everywhere in the world, every denomination views the Christian flag as for Christians. Not Baptists, not Methodists, not Catholics, but Christians. And the whole point of the Christian flag is to represent Jesus Christ and what he did for us. I'm going to play a song. A song you may be familiar with, hopefully you are. Uh, Onward Christian Soldiers. And why it plays, a lot of time we'll put the words up there. We're not going to put the words up there today. But we're just going to have a Christian flag up there. And I really want you to think about. Have you pledged your allegiance to God? You may raise your hand and say, well, I've been, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm saved. Did you pledge your allegiance? Are you living a life that demonstrates that your allegiance is to Jesus Christ? Paul and Silas, Jason and the other believers, they didn't have to um, wear a tattoo on their forehead that said, I'm a Christian. People knew they were Christians by what they were doing, how they were living, what they were saying. Is that true of us? If not, are you willing to pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ? And maybe for some of us, we need to re-pledge our allegiance to Jesus Christ. God needs people that will stand up for Him. No, don't get under the false uh, impression that if you stand up for Jesus Christ, everything in your life will be great. That's one thing I, I liked about that video. Everybody that was sort of Christian in that video, it didn't end well for them. And that's okay. It's going to end well for you, and it's going to end well for me. I love at the end, I don't know if you noticed when they would show the people singing, as representing people singing in heaven, you saw that that father was in the choir singing. Life on earth ended up being very difficult for him at the end, especially, but it ended well for him overall. Pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ. As we listen to this, onward to Christian soldiers, and you see the flag, I want you just to stare at the flag and think about your allegiance and where it lies. Let God work in your heart this morning. Onward Christian soldiers Marching as to of Jesus going on before Christ the royal master leads against the foe forward into battle see his banners go onward Christian Marching as to war With the cross of Jesus Going on before 
triumph, Satan's host doth flee. On then Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have To be a soldier for Jesus Christ, it takes a level of commitment and loyalty. The question is, where is your commitment? Have you pledged your allegiance to Jesus Christ? And it's not a one-time thing. It's really a thing, it's a decision. You wake up every single day and, and you decide, am I pledging? my allegiance to Jesus Christ today. Dr. Shane Perez hopes this lesson encourages you and equips you to minister to others with your walk as a Christian. We would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at standfirmministries at yahoo.com.